When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Namaste, motherfuckers. Welcome to Namaste, motherfuckers, the only podcast where the worlds of work, comedy, and well-being collide. I'm your host, Callie Beaton, and this episode is called Bish Bash Bosh, and it contains some pillow talk. Hans Christian Andersen was so scared of being buried alive that there was permanently a note next to his bed saying, I only appear to be dead. A recent study found that if all sleep-deprived people in the US got one extra hour in bed every night, it would boost the economy by over $226 million. In Norway, there are regulations ensuring that dairy cows must have a mattress to lie down on. And since this was introduced, milk production has gone up by 6%. The village of Bresna in Montenegro holds a slow bicycle race where the winner is the last to finish. And it also holds the World Championships of Laziness, which involve who can lie on a mattress for the very longest time. And this last one's a bit of a stretch in terms of facts, but here it is. The act of male bedbugs stabbing females with their penis to inject sperm directly into their bloodstream is called traumatic insemination. Well. Ooh. Oh, we're on. Is it working? We're on. I can hear you. How do you see me? I can't see you. It's a Zoom user, which is a little vague. That's my guest today, star of The Apprentice and bed entrepreneur Thomas Skinner. To quote another Tom, Tommy Cooper, which isn't something I often do. Last night, I dreamed I ate a £10 marshmallow, and when I woke up, the pillow was gone. They don't write them like that anymore. In countries including Greece, Singapore and Taiwan, children who lose a tooth traditionally throw it on the roof, instead of as we do in the UK, putting it under their pillow. Once the pillow is two years old, up to 10% of its weight is composed of dead mites and their droppings. The word snurdle, S-N-E-R-D-L-E, snurdle, means to wrap up cosily in bed. Snoozledom, and these are real words, means dozing or nestling in bed. And sluggerbed is a lazy person who stays in bed long after the usual time for arising, which for comedians is about 1pm. And last but not least, some life advice from American comedian Phyllis Diller. And she said, never go to bed mad, stay up and fight. We're in our current, we're moving offices this week, so I'm in, I'm in the old office at the minute. Thomas Skinner made his name in the last series of The Apprentice, at the time the owner of the Fluffy Pillow Company. He didn't win, in fact he lost all his tasks and was fired by Lord Sugar in the quarterfinals. But 
he did take the crown of most loved apprentice candidate ever. Admittedly, if you've seen some of them, that could be considered quite a low bar. He started his working life at 12, doing paper rounds in Romford where he grew up, and by 16 was selling on the markets. Since The Apprentice, he's been a regular on TV screens, including Celebrity Masterchef and 8 Out of 10 Cats, and by day, he runs his booming business, Bosch Beds. It's worth mentioning before we kick off with the interview that Thomas was recording live from Bosch Beds Towers. So there's some background noise now and again, but that's what you get when you're interviewing a captain of mattress industry. Tom and I talked about pubs, fantasy football, family, market trading, reality TV, business, pillows, beds, getting expelled from school, dyslexia, love, life and dust mites. But I started by asking him about a typical day in the life of a mattress entrepreneur. So my day is an early start. I wake up most mornings about 4am. Um, I normally wait 4 a.m. Yeah. What's that about? For comedians, that's when we're going to bed. I think I you and I, it's a, it's a wonder we found a time to do that's this we, when we were both that's awake. That's what I because you're, you're, you're waking up when I'm sleeping. Exactly. Um, no, so, so we wake up about four o'clock. We go down. I've got big, wear, I've got big warehouses. Um, we've got all the vans and they go all over the country uh, delivering mattresses nationwide. Then, yeah, we sort of get them all sort of sort out the orders. Then we get the vans coming from the, from the factory because we make them on UK as well. So we get them down here, sort them, all the stock out, ready for the next day as well. Um, then I cut the office, see what orders are coming from sales, do a little sales talk, get everyone buzzing to sell a few beds. Um, do you do you know, like a high five and a group hug and everyone's there, like, well, there's, like there's Americans? A big, there's the big bell on the wall. Every time someone gets a sell, they, 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 they ring a the bell. Is it like the stock exchange only look, kind of in reverse? Look, so you've got... Then um, ring the bell. Oh, you actually really have a bell. Den, is that your job, ringing the bell the, as well as cleaning the, the toilet? He's the bell end. Okay, I can see that. I can't see his face, but I'm sure he's delighted. He's like, I don't get paid enough to take this shit. So you do. And it's so you can actually run a fleet of vehicles. Have the um, government thought about getting you involved in getting the petrol to the petrol stations? Because I reckon if you were in charge, there'd be we'd Bosch petrol we'd and done, we'd all be sorted. Do you know what? I, I, was, I just want to big up Lanks here because Lanks managed to deliver, I think it was like 200 sat mattresses uh, last week before in one week all over the country and you couldn't get fuel anywhere and you managed to do it. Yeah, where home. were they getting the fuel then? Is this some sort no, of knockoff had, contact from your pipe. days down the market? He had a long hose pipe and whenever you see a parked car, he just made sure it was open, put it in there, Amazing. sucked it out and then we filled up out. Yeah. That's the way to do it. So siphoning, That's siphoning the fact. So yeah, because I've been, I go to, I live in Amsterdam quite a lot of the time, and every time I go, I'm like, I should just like, I should be just coming back and forth with a blooming HGV, and then I'd be, you know, Love serving it. the public. It's not why people used to go to Amsterdam, to be fair, but it's all changed nowadays. So you've got, so you were taking me through your working day. So you've now got, because I have to say my impression of you, and I, I did, um, I do the Apprentice, you're fired episode sometimes as a sort of yeah. commentator, comedian person, and the. The last one I did in, um, so in whatever it was, the 2019 show when you were in it, I was sort of hoping you were going to be fired only because I quite wanted to be with you. And I thought it'd be a right laugh doing it with you. I was then pleased you weren't fired for your sake. But the thing that struck me and the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast is because um, 
some people might think that a you can't be a little bit of a profile a bit of a celebrity without being a wanker and I think you're proving that you can probably be that and not be a wanker but also you definitely can't go on The Apprentice without going full wanker and somehow you managed to actually be not only the most liked candidate but possibly the only ever liked candidate so I had to speak to you because I'm like this is you are a rare breed so tell me about that then how how it is for you first of all since The Apprentice so have you gone a little bit um, up your own arse no, no, nothing, nothing, nothing has changed I swear nothing has changed the only difference is when I go big Tesco's I take a couple of selfies with people that's about it you know what I mean it's all the same feel so it's the same so you still are going to Tesco's you, do, you haven't got a person who you send to Tesco's no of course I ain't you. made like that do you know what I mean that's I want to see if the people in your office are going, yes, he is. He's no. a dick. Let, let, ask Dan. Let me see Dan. Hey, I want to ask Dan what he thinks of you. It's all Dan, is, is, he a bit of a, is he a bit of a dick now or is he a good guy? No, he's a great guy. And um, he does a lot of things that people don't even know about. He did a charity event on Saturday. We went to invite me along. It was a great night. I raised a lot of money. Um, How much is he paying you, Dan? Because this is some good shit you're telling me now. This is all true. I didn't know that I was going to be asked any questions today. But um, yeah. And also he does things like, he was like just now he's popped out to Subway, got us all a lunch. So, you know what I mean? It's all good. I mean, it's not the Ivy, but it's a nice idea. Respect yeah. Respect, yeah. Respect, so respect, don't spoil them. They don't know what the Ivy is yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so he's buying you Subways. He's raising money for charity. Got Dan, I've just got to ask you before we come okay. back to Thomas, because okay. he is the main attraction. Then what would you say if there's one thing? You know, they there's that thing they ask at interview, isn't they? They, they say, you know, there's that story about someone asking an interview candidate, what's the thing you would change about yourself? And he says, I'd always, I always speak my mind. And the interviewer says, well, that's not a bad thing, is it? And the interviewee says, I don't give a fuck what you think. So, um, but if you were to say what the thing is about Thomas that you would change as a boss, what is it? I would change about Thomas. Yeah, the thing you don't think you don't like about him. Slow down a little bit, maybe. Slow down a little bit. He's a hundred so he miles a an lot hour. On his... He's a hundred miles an hour, seven days a week. He's up at four, five o'clock every day. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Maybe slows down a little bit, but you know, that's much easier said than done. And is that what, in terms of you slowing down, Dan? Is that on your screen? Are you playing like football or something? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, by the yeah, way? Are you just, doing I, fantasy I, league? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're doing? Because he has to speed up because you're so slowed down, Dan. You're at a standstill. Joking aside, I actually top of the league at the moment, so I'm just trying to manage my team uh, for this weekend. But thank you for noticing that. He is a good boss because he buys you a subway and pays you to pay uh, Fantasy League. That's amazing. What a guy. But he has sold about six grand worth of bed this morning, so he, he can okay. play on the... Uh... He can play on the old football game where he's doing. I was going to say, the thing you need to change about your business model is Dan. But no, he seems like a... So you do, so you, why do you get up at four or five in the morning? Is that going back? Because you started work when you were like, uh, the, the story yeah. goes, so you grew up in Romford, you started work at 12? Yeah, like, so I, I, yeah, so I started paper hands when I was a kid. I used to set up the market, stalls down the market. I used to work at my dad's mate's barbershop, but I've always been a grafter. I've always wanted to earn money. Like, even as at school, I got expelled from school for selling porno DVDs. Like, I've just always, I've always had it in me. And uh, look, business, you, you, I, I, what, why we're so successful is because I've still got that personal touch. You know, I do still speak to probably 20 customers a day, every single day. I still load them vans with the boys in the morning. Like, it's never going to change. Even even when we when we carry on ground and we're a multi-million pound business, I will still be there in, in, in the art of it because that, that's that's why people love us. We are doing a good service. We are selling beds. 
that you can go to these big brands, Dreams, Benson, Best, and pay 2,000 quid for them. We're a monkey. We're, we're a quarter the price, the same product, the exact same. You know, everything is the same apart from we deliver quicker, we give you that personal bit of touch, and we want to look after you. Our aftercare is massive in our firm. Like, we bring our customers, even after a couple of weeks, as you know, Matt, just do it. I was okay, any problems? Like, we want to make sure that you get the best possible service. And I think by being there, crack the door, and seeing every single aspect of how my business works, it will carry on building. So have you, because in terms of your upbringing then, so where did you learn that? There's a lot of people who are trying to make a business be big so they can make money while they sleep and not have to work as hard. You're happy to be right in there front and centre, getting up at four in the morning. So where where does that work ethic come from then? Is that from your family? Look, my dad, my dad's always been the same as me. He was in the graft. My dad started out in the markets um, and and built up his his business, all different businesses his whole life as well. Um, is it your dad who got you the porn stuff that you sold yeah it was my dad who actually bought me the porn I was the guy and sold me at school and got me he was looking out for you he's like I need to give my boy some sales I remember I remember remember actually saying to my dad I remember going dad um like come on mate I said I'm I'm doing this paper and I said I'm 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 working in the barbershop on Saturday I'm selling the market stalls like give us a five or something to go to school he went no mate he said I'll tell you what I'll do I'll find something for you to do so so my old man, he, he goes to the pub with, with my uncle Alan, who's a, who's like an absolute nuts as well. He's funny, a funny old boy. And he goes, um, comes back one day, they're both drunk as a skunk, in the front room. They go, Tommy, come in here. And he had a big suitcase full of porno and pirate DVDs. And he goes, right, this is the coup, mate. He goes, three quid, two for a fiver. Go and smash them out. I went, like, lovely. He goes, you've got to return a bit of readies every week. You pay for what you sold for. I took them to school. First half, I took a few hundred quid. It was unbelievable. I had a big suitcase in my locker. I had a JD, JD and that was just from the geography teacher. That was it. it. He was a, no, he's, he's the one that got me in trouble, <laughs> the old mate, right? Oh. Next thing I'm in the headmaster's office. My dad gets called up, comes down there, and uh, yeah, the headmaster tried to nick him. He said, Rene, I'll be on my dad. <laughs> and, and then it was a little bit of an argument, and that was my last day of school. And how old were you when you had your last day at school? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I was about 14, I think. 14 or 15, yeah. I was, I was only young. Before, so my, before the GCSEs, it was. Before the GCSEs. So you're in it. It's funny because when I used to um, kind of have, have a boardroom career before I stupidly gave it all up to become a comedian, um, I used to always, one of the things I used to love when I was recruiting people, unlike most of the people at my level, I would look for people who hadn't done degrees and hadn't had a sort of typical path through um, because they were more likely, I thought, to be able, I was also essentially in charge of a sales team. They were more likely to know how to actually do the job. Do you know, do you know what I theorize about the job? So, what do you think about kind of the like with yeah. Henry, with your little boy? Do you want him to get an education as well as a work oh, ethic? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Oh, I would love, no, I would. I would love him to get a proper education. Like, listen, I went to. He'll a, be able would, to go to Eaton the rate yeah, you're going, no, won't no. you? You'll, you'll, you'll pay for it in beds. <laughs> no, what it is, look, like there's, I, I, I'm not saying I'm stupid as I am, but I'm dyslexic. So, so, certain things I struggle with, like, I'm, I'm, mate, if you ask me to write a letter, like it's not happening. If you ask me to do an email, like that's why I have got my, my lovely PA. She does all that for me, yeah. But 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 certain things I can't do, yeah. But if you put me, if you put me on a stand with hundreds of people in front of a product, I will sell it, and I'll sell it better than anyone. Like, like I know we've seen Jackson, that. We saw that on our TV screens, and it was a delight because I think we all had to reprogram ourselves because normally watching The Apprentice is like watching a slow car crash, and you're watching these people going, "God, I could do it better than that." And then you came in, we were like, "Oh no, I don't know if I could do it better than that." <laughs> so tell us about. I can't. I can't talk to you without talking about The Apprentice, obviously. So you ended up in that. You did a few kind of unusual things in there. One of the things I noticed about you was that you admitted to having 
flaws like you didn't go and go no, i'm the you know yeah, big bollocks I've, and I've got the answers i've never understood why people do that on that show yeah because everyone goes in and goes i'm the best this i'm the best and i'm thinking well, no you ain't because you wouldn't be here trying to get caught million quid would you you'd be sitting on your yacht <laughs> like having it large going i've got to mean i why i'm the best you know what i mean like and i went there i to look I've always been able to earn money. That's what I'm good at. But I've, I've been even better at knocking it out. But I thought, like, obviously... Uh, so you spend <laughs> as much as you earn. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So we'll cut this bit out. It's not that kind of podcast, Thomas. But did you... That, but you. So you spend... I've heard you talk about that. So you earn, but you're also a big spender. Yeah. So is that because... So you're not... So you're... If you... Presumably, if you spent less... You would be able to work less and move towards, but so 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 is that spending thing? Does that also come from your upbringing? Yeah, cool. It like, comes in, it goes I, out. I, I remember, I remember, I remember my dad always said to me, "The more you spend, the more you want to earn." Like, and it's true. Like, like, like I love, I do love nice things. Like, I love going out for dinner at the West End. Like, I, I love having nice cars. I, I love, having, like, I love doing nice things, and I love giving back as well. Like, I mean, we we ran a pillow last year. Um, called Help the Homeless, and every time we sold a set of pillars, we'd give away, we'd, give, we'd donate one to a homeless person or a homeless shelter. We, we'd give away, I think, something ridiculous, like forty thousand pillars um, last wow. year. You know, like I've always, I'm always about giving back. Like, and I'm not a greedy person. You don't, you don't like. There's only so much money you can spend, isn't there? There are, there's only so many things you can have, material things you can have. Like, and 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 for me, look, mon- look money's fantastic, and and I'm so grateful that I've got the opportunity and that platform to earn a lot of it. But like. If me, if, if if my pals are skin, we're all going to sit in a pub together and drink the same amount. It's, that's how it is. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just you'll be paying. Yeah, yeah. which it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter, does it? And is it so? In terms of going on the Apprentice, what makes so? First of all, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised they put you through because having worked on reality shows my whole life, I can. I think, and you walk into a room, you were going to get on the telly. But did they try and make you when they do those audition tapes, and then they show them obviously when they're introducing the candidates. Did they try to make you be more of a dick, um, or were you just like, "I'm not going to go there"? I'm no, they, they set, they do like listen. They've got to make a good TV show, so they do set you up a little bit. But like, I suppose I, I could see it, and I go, "Shut up, mate! I ain't doing that." You know what I mean? Like, you can you can see it as, as it building out. But a lot of people, um, prob- like you are, look, anyone who says they're not on that show to be on because they don't want to be on telly is a liar. You're on that show, A, because you want to be on telly, and B, because you want to get the money. That is the, that is the be all and end all. Anyone goes... And in I'm, which order was it for you, the being on the telly well, both, or the money? What well, was both, driving both. you? Both, both. Listen, I'd yeah. love to quarter million quid, but also the chance of being on a TV. Like, you've got to think of it in the long term. Like, you get on... on it's one of the biggest TV shows in the UK, isn't it, yeah? You get on... It don't matter what you do. If you swear you sell, wherever you grow if you get on that prime, that prime TV show, whatever you... Whether you win it or you don't win it, that's going to help your business massively. And that's how I looked. And it. did you? We thought. I mean, every it's you did lose. I know everyone always says this. You did lose. Was it eight or nine yeah, tasks? Like all of them, you, yeah. yeah, you lost all the tasks. But Lord Sugar really liked you, yeah. and and I think all of us. And you did that really unusual thing. Um, and if any of the listeners to this podcast aren't Apprentice fans, you'll just have to take our word for it that this is unusual. So when there was um when when I, I think it was uh, Ryan Mark nominated Pamela to go in one of the tasks, and she hadn't done a thing wrong, and it was a strategic thing because he wanted to make sure that someone who was a contender got out of the boardroom. You did something that I don't think it's ever been done. Wow. She said, "You said no, no, no. I'm gonna." I'm I'm coming back into the boardroom. That's that's what happened. Yeah, I didn't yeah, dream I, that. I, yeah, so uh, so it was all like we had a food. T- we had to do an event, and we had to go on this train, this lovely steam train, and it went round, and we had to sell tickets and do the food. And 
Pamela done a blinding job. Like, she didn't do nothing wrong, like, end of the day. Do you know what I mean? It, it weren't she a... was about the only person who didn't do anything Yeah, wrong yeah, because she was with me. I was with her all day, so yeah. I see what happened. Yeah. And then Ryan Mike said, he took Mary Ann and took Pamela back. And I, and I thought, well, really, you should have took that Lewis back, but he ain't going to put his hand. So I went, mate, I said, mate, you can't take her back. I'm not having that. I said, she ain't done nothing wrong. I said, I'll go back, because obviously I've done worse than her. And and I remember that when they was filming that, she said, cut, like, they didn't, because they was like, this has never happened before, what? Like, no one knew what to do. And um, I said, no, this, I'm going back in, mate. Like, I ain't having her go home when she ain't done nothing wrong. And did you know, so that was a bit, you obviously had to think about that quite quickly. Did you think, well, they can't fire me now because it's firing the good well, it, guy it, it, now. It'd look terrible if you fired me, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder if that was you going, you, you're going to have to keep me through to the final for this because this is legendary. And did it, so so when you um, ended up leaving the process, but you also didn't ever slag anyone off. So no. the thing that everybody seems to do is like, hey, everyone and infighting. Yeah, but- did you really like them, or are you just not the sort of person who no, says look, look, bad look, things I'm, I'm, about if, people? If I, if I didn't like you, I'd tell you to your face. I don't want to talk about it behind your back. I've never been like that, you know. Like, and if someone pisses me off, go, mate, you winding me up now. Um, that's how I am. And like, whereas on that show, they sort of they they do these vox pox, and you do a task, and then they go right. Uh, so, and then you go, oh well, he's done that, and she's done. That. I can't do that. Uh, that ain't me. So I just, ne- I've never done it. I've never done it. And, and, and if I ever said anything to myself, well, they've messed up a little bit there, I'd have told them to their face as well. Do you know what I mean? So you ended up from that, presumably, because when you went into that, you had your pillow business, right? Yes. So at the time you were running your pillow business and then the fluffy pillow company yeah. and everybody. So we all thought of you as the kind of pillow guy. So theoretically, you'd have come out of that process and you would have just had the biggest business ever. Everything would have gone your way. So what what happened? Because you then went into lockdown not too long after yeah. you finished that, right? So so what, take me through the process. No, so, you've so, gone from pillows to bed, yeah, which so, is obviously subtle, but key. No, so what happened? happened was um we was doing the pillars and i'm not i couldn't lie to you I, outside that show we smashed it was unbelievable like it was unbelievable you must have done how many pillows were you shifting fat, then after fat, the fat like thousands it, it got to the yeah. stage where the manufacturer that, that was making for sainsbury's tk max um sainsbury's tk max argos and other other big brands was making more for me than it was just mental absolutely mental and we couldn't get over I then I had people in then what I'd done like, which is obviously is a mistake because it was I went mental and I and I bought a massive factory um I put like I, I spent all my bit of money that I'd earned and taken borrowed a bit of dough and all of a sudden playing into lockdown um and because of the nature of the product they they, they and the amount of people made into making pillars because of the lockdown started they couldn't do them anymore so I thought Oh, and I'd all my staff and 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 I never took my, I never took one penny of further, but I made sure everyone was in pay, full pay the whole way through the COVID. And I thought, well, I'm gonna run out of money here. And I remember I had a I had a city watch that I bought with the with the donor and sell that, pay the wages, and I kept him on going. And I thought, what well, what can I do to get me out like to, to carry on? Because I'm gonna go very, very skin. And um we looked at well, I did do matches, but I didn't focus on them. And then, and then what I went and done was me and my mate Lanks, he's a big fella, he sit at the door a minute ago. I said, well, look, me and you can work, can't we? Like, let's, let's just get cracking. We went and, I went and bought a van, a big, big, massive van. And we found a manufacturer and we started doing the mattresses. And me and him went round off of social media um, trying to sell them. And we were surprised at how many people, because they're all sitting in their houses, wanting the mattress. And then before you knew it, we, we was... Uh, 
we were smashing it to be fair um really got really really busy then we we employed more people then i took over the manufacturing plant and i started making it myself um and then we grew then i got offices and i got a sales team then i got a website um yeah then i started doing hotel contracts hotel clients uh, nursing homes um and it's just grown. so how do you know how to do that so someone listening to this right someone listening to this will be like well that all sounds great but how where so you you if you go from like working on market stalls and the sort of well, selling pornos to, honest, to, to how do you know how to do what it well, is I you didn't. do as a businessman i didn't but how did you do it you managed I, to do it we, we just hard hard work and determination i promise you I, I i did not know like when we started getting the hotel clients and they were all been two three hundred mattresses i thought ah, how do i do but i just used the like like I'm a great believer of, um, look, it went, went like, especially how I work. Look, mate, I don't know how to do this, yeah, but you've got the you got the lorries there. I'll give you a piece of the pie. Can you do? Can you do that for me? Bang, yeah. Always rely on people that you know. Like it's not what it's not what you know. It's who you know, isn't it? And then and then I use a lot of people give me a leg up, help me, ask for advice. Um, everyone's always helped me and helped me become. And I've made sure I've looked after everyone that's helped me. But I didn't have a clue. At, I'll be honest with you, I did not have a clue. I. I was winging it, and then also now we've got a professional system. Like if you was if you was to ring up Bosch Beds and buy a mattress now, like, so there's a process. Like you make the phone call, you speak to your sales guy, he then talks you through the he then talks through. He it. says, "I'll call you back in ten minutes. I'm sorting out my fantasy." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when and he'll talk you through, you can come to the, like well, there's you can go to certain shops like a mattress to have a look at one, and we could, you know there's so many things that can be done. Then once the sales made, it goes through to our warehouse, right? And we've got warehouse guys that are getting rich. So we've got like a, a, a van that goes to Manchester. We've got a van that goes to Newcastle. But then we put in sections. Then it goes onto the vans. Then the customers run. Like there's a, there's a whole process. Then it's delivered. Then the aftercare team ring up and then they say, what, how would, do you know what I mean? It's just a long, long little. It's all your, it all starts and ends really with your personality, doesn't it? So when you think about, I always used to think the only thing I could do when I was sort of generating millions of dollars of revenue for kind of TV companies, the only thing I ever thought I was any good at was getting on with people. I was like, I'm not, there's nothing else about me apart from I know how to make people want to work with me. And is that, do you think, is that where it kind of begins and ends in a way? It's like people want to work with you. They want to do stuff for you and your customers want to keep buying. I think, I think that I've always got on with people. I've always gone that way to make sure that I get on with people as well like people always buy from people they like don't they if, 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 if you walk in a shop and the geezer rubs you up the wrong way you ain't gonna buy from them so it's a lot of manners are a big thing for me being polite and 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 just giving someone the best possible service and people like to be looked after and that's what we look after people we give them the best price. and did you because that's one of the things again that i think we all noticed on our tv screens was somehow you managed to do those tasks in a way where we were like you're not you're not talking complete shit you're 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 willing to kind of lark about and what did they in, did they do like in in the kind of audition process to get into the apprentice presumably they had you doing kind of sales tasks and doing stuff when you got to the kind of yeah. last rounds of auditioning so what happened then what made you stand out to them um i've told this story a few times uh, it's, quite, it's quite a funny one actually so you get put in a line and this is right before you go into the house it's like the final like there's a final 20 from london final 20 from wherever all over the country um and I'm standing in line and they've gone, right, there's the camera in front of you and apparently the auditioner watches this and they give you an item and you've got to sell it. And you've got to see how you sell on, 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 the, uh, on, the, on the camera and how you get on with a bit of pressure with people around you. Well, look, I've stood on market stalls my whole life so I can sell. Um, and the first person's gone like, oh, they've picked out, I don't know, an umbrella or something and they've gone, this is the best umbrella in the world. Like, and they're just talking nonsense. I thought, oh, mate, what are you doing? 
gone to the next person, they've gone, there's a pen, sell me the pens, going, this pen's limited edition, there's only three in the world, this, that, the other, like, um, it's, it's normally a million pounds of that, it's 100 quid, like, absolute nonsense. And they've gone up to me, and the, 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 the woman's pulled out this old boot out of the box, no lace, and just, just no work boot. And she went, Tom, sell me this boat. And I've looked around, I thought, oh, this is where I'm good at. So I've gone, what, this boat here, yeah? She's gone, yeah, what, you sure this one here? Yes, I'll boot in. She's gone, yeah, sell me this boat. So I picked it up, looked around it, put it in her hand. I said, if you walked into the shop, how much did you pay for that boat? And she went, a pound. And I went, sold. <laughs> and you were in after knew, that. Yeah. You were in the show. And did you, in terms of, um, of meeting, because you met Sinead, your wife, long before you did The Apprentice, yeah. right? How long have you guys been together? Oh, ages. I don't even know. <laughs> don't, don't touch <laughs> right, Sinead, we're sending you more than a blooming Nando's round to cheer your day up. So you've been with long-suffering Sinead for a long time. And how, how, because your mum and dad split up when you were a teenager, yeah. right? Yeah. So did that have a kind of, what impact do you think that had on you? None, really. You've got to say that because you're surrounded by all the lads in no, the office. No, no, it didn't really. No, honestly, it didn't really. There ain't really, I've, or anyone always asks me, she just, this is what it is. I think my mum and my dad are so... Like, if you met my mum and you met my dad, you'd be like, how was they able to get... Like, my dad's an absolute fruit loop and my mum never swears. Like, it's like right. they're very different. They're so different. But they get on, but they're just so different. Like, my dad... So would, something drew them together. So yeah. they say what brings you together ultimately pushes well, like, you apart. My dad's the sort of person could pop out for a pint of milk and you see him in a month. Like, he's one of them. Right. He's one of them. Like, I've dated people <laughs> like your dad. Maybe I've actually dated your dad. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> So he, so they were like chalk and cheese. So you ended up growing up in a in a um, family where, which is obviously incredibly normal thing, however many families it is. Um, so a kid with a separated parents, and then you met Sinead. And did you just know, right? This is the person I want to be with. Oh, this yeah. is the person I'm going to have my babies with. Hundred percent. No, Sinead's lovely. Honestly, like Sinead's such a nice person as well. Like she, she, like without her, I wouldn't have what I've got. Do you know what I mean? She keeps like so you've got and did she help you? Did she help you want to do the apprentice? Like, she was, was one who filled out. She was one who filled out the form and sent it off. Like she's the one that actually applied me for the apprentice. It weren't me. It was her. And then you had Henry. So he's a year. So was he? Henry's a year next month. Was Sinead pregnant before the lockdown? Uh, Sinead fell pregnant in February, I think. February. So just before the lockdown. Yeah, and then and then um, babe was fifth of a. It was a bit late. Fifth of. 5th of November, he was born. So he's about to have his first birthday. What are you going to do for that? So I hope you're going to hire out to, the Groucho Club or something. I've gone a bit OTT for his first birthday. No shit. What are you going to do? I've hired that and Hype Club. Right. He'll love that. Um, yeah. I've got a big ball pit in there. I've got a bouncy castle in there. I've got a kids entertainer. I've got a clan there, which is Den. Um, I've got, he <laughs> <laughs> just don't know yet. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've got, I've got, Unlimited free bar. I've got a chef there doing all the food. Um, I've got a singer there. I've got party bags. It's going to just look, 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 he ain't going to know anything that's going on, but it's just nice to have a party to all me mates and family and their kids. And, and we just have a, have a knees up and have a party. I want to know what you're going to do by your 16th. You're going to run out of options by then. You'll be hiring <laughs> in the whole of Vegas. You'll be. So he, and has it changed you having a kid, becoming a dad? Yeah, I'll get home from the pub about 11 o'clock now, not three in the morning. <laughs> or you just get home from the pub full stop. Yeah, so you're already it. one off on your dad. So you so you do still go out. You, you still go out. You seem like a guy who likes going down the pub no, like your mates. Do you know what? I like, like, and I have to explain this to my missus quite a lot, but I do do a lot of business in the pub. 
Yeah, like, I'm not even joking. I've met, like, I'm not like, even joking. I've met people like you. Like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like <laughs> some of the biggest things I've ever done, I've done drunk. Like it's, and it's going out, like especially in London. Like, I've I've been out drinking and and, and met someone. Next thing I know, they've got a contract to do all the cleaning at three hotels, and they've introduced. Do you know what I mean? They've introduced me to the buyers. So I had done a lot of business drinking, which is mad. Um, but but. But no, I'm, so I'm, when you're at home eating a eating a kebab in bed at two in the morning, dribbling and smelling of beer, yeah. you're like, no, darling, this is what's paying this for this work. luxury around it's us. Work. This is work. To be fair, and you, I'm not that bad. It, I used to go out every night of the week. Now, honestly, I, I, I honestly go out about once, maybe twice a week, and that's it. So what? So your life's changed quite a lot since the Apprentice. You've been on well, you've been on eight out of ten cats, which is more than I've managed to be on. But I'm not bitter. Uh, you had a nice time on it. You did Celebrity Master Chef. So you're fitting all of that stuff in in a month, still running the business. So you're really doing both. Yeah. So do you ever feel like an imposter? Like I'm in this. No, world, do you know, do you know but... like do you know what I've what I, what I, I like, and I don't want to come across wrong by saying this, yeah. But I'm just a normal bloke. Like I, 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 I would, I don't consider myself a celebrity. I don't consider myself this businessman. I'm just a normal bloke. I still got the same circle of friends. Like I, I when I go on these mad shows, like I do feel out of place because like. Like you're going, and wow! Like all these stuff, like wow, it's, it's Jimmy Carr, you know? Wow, it's Rob Beckett, or or whatever. Wow, it's it's uh, the Australian geezer from Masters, you know? Like all these people that I've met, and I'll feel like, why am I on it? Like why am I on it? Am I on it? But, we all feel that at the moment. We all feel that whenever we're yeah. on anything, if that's any consolation. You and Rob Beckett have got a bit in common, haven't you? Yeah, he looks, You've got he nice looks teeth, lovely, he? worked up on the markets. Yeah, you could be Rob Beckett. You know, if ever he can't do his podcast, lockdown parenting, you'd give him a run for his money. So when you do those shows, do you, but you don't strike me as someone who has much self-doubt. Do you, do you ever actually no, no, doubt yourself? No, I don't. I don't. To be fair, that's one thing I never doubt myself. I'm, I'm one of them, I'm happy to go lucky, like, I get it wrong all the so time. So you mate. back yourself no matter what. I do. But I always get it wrong, but I do back myself. But you don't always get it wrong. You wouldn't be sitting there uh, with with a guy playing on a computer, uh, a, a knockoff clock behind you on the wall, selling mattresses. What do you mean? <laughs> is that the um, is that the one you sold when uh, the pillow business when you need a bit of help? There's another one up there. Look. How have you got so many clocks? Is that because time's money? Is there another, one, I think there's another one over there. This one. No, You've got a hell of a lot of clocks. So what's that about then? I, I used to sell them on the market. See, I knew there was a market <laughs> I used, story. I used, sell them, I used to sell them years ago, and, and uh, we, me and Langs were clearing out an old container when we were sorting out some space for some stock and that, and, and uh, we found, we come across about 30 or 40 of them, and we thought, well, I can't sell them now, can I? Like, I mean, the line like a little bit now. So, um, it, so between like all, all our houses and, and this little office in the other warehouse in the other office, they're sort of dotted about. <laughs> Just make sure there's no knockoff batteries in them and that they're all telling the same time. That's the clue. You... <laughs> I can see that. I'm like, what is that? What is that behind you? So what is, you said that you always get it wrong. What is the biggest mistake you've ever made? I think probably my, like my problem is I want to do too many things at once. Like that, that, that that's my biggest thing that I've learned is <laughs> I will always try and bite a corner up and chew. Like, like people go to me, Tom, like, there's only so many hours in a day. And I'm like, no, I can fit it in. I can do that. I can do this. Like, that that probably is... Well, and everyone says, like, do that. Like, like, everyone says, I've got to slow down because I am mental, right? But I, I, will, <laughs> I will keep going until the job's done. But sometimes I've got to touch, step back and breathe sometimes, I think. And do you like... You must like working under pressure then, do you? Is that... Yeah, is I love the, it. Does that Pressure's kind of, my middle what, name, Kelly. So what's that? What's that about? Why do you like working under pressure? I don't know. I just like. I just. It's the buzz, isn't it? You know, like I've done it. Like when when you got when you got a when you got a manufacturer and you, like you've called on like underground sort of stuff and you think, fuck, 
now I've got to go and pay for it. Like, and that's going sell, sell, sell. Like, I just love, I just love that buzz. I just love everything about it. Just the chase. It's just what I do. And what do you think about then about all this? I mean, obviously, my podcast title is a kind of piss take of that. Namaste, motherfuckers. What do you think about the everybody? Can you've got to be more mindful? You've got to sit with things. You've got to slow down. It's the absolute opposite of how you live your life. Do you think? Um, what do you think about everybody saying that's what you need to do to be I think, healthy? Look, look, and I think. Happy? I think. I think. Yeah, you probably are right. But then look how far we've come. You know, look how far we've come. My boy is doing a bit of snarky on a market. 10, 15 years ago to having the multi-million pound bid business. I, like, I'm, I'm not, I, I, and I've only got there by slogging me bollocks off, if I can say that. It's <laughs> ironic that you're making beds though and you're the person who never bloody takes a lie down in one. <laughs> so, and the problem with your fluffy pillows was that every bugger had bought one after The Apprentice. So no wonder they were non-selling. It's like everyone in the country's got a fluffy pillow. You had to move into mattresses. Namaste, motherfuckers. What would you pick as your life-changing namaste motherfucking moment? Can I pick two? You can pick two. You can pick as many as you like. I think... We'll just cut the others out and keep the best one. I think the first one was meeting Sinead. I remember when I met... How did you meet Sinead? I did remember you when I met Sinead. There's a bar called Happenstance in St Paul's in the city of London. And she was in there with her mate. And I'd, I'd just been... In, I'd, I'd had a firm at the time... And I've gone to meet a bank manager trying to borrow some money. And he said, mate, like, you cannot borrow any money. You are overdrawn. Like, you... So I've yeah. just gone to the bank manager. Like, um, I've got no money. I am skin. I can't get a, I can't get a loan. I'm overdrawn. Like, I, I can't. My van's... Like, everything was gone wrong. Everything was... I was on my ass. I was skin. And I, and I literally had a thousand pounds. Like, that was my net worth total. That was it. And I had it in my pocket there. And I had a suit, I looked at bollocks, I had a suit on tie, on long coats, and I bought and I thought, fuck it, I thought I'm gonna go in here tonight and I'm gonna get this. That's what I do. And I walked into this bar and it's full of it's full of it's full of arrogant, rude, horrible bankers and stockbrokers that think they are the tits. Yeah. No offense to all the stockbrokers and bankers watching this, but most of you have helmets, right? And I walked in there and and Sinead was with our mate, and, and I remember this. And I walked in there, and I, they both caught like both got like seen that like, the only two girls in there. And I've gone to the bar, and I've, and I've ordered a large. I can't remember what I ordered now, but where it was, it'd have been a large one. I'll bang it back, and I can still see it getting. I went, Oi, get over here, get away from them mugs. Is what I said. I went, come over here, get away from them. They're rude. And I went, you move out of the way. And I said, come over. And I bought them both a drink, and uh, I ended up taking that night. Spent every single penny I had in my pocket. I had to, I had to actually say to the cab driver because I tried. I dropped her off. Tried getting around her. Actually, went having none of it. Give me the elbow. You're going home. <laughs> Got in a cab back to my I went, mate. I went. I ain't got no money to pay you. I said, don't do things like this. I said, there's like, my bank card and my, and my ID. I said, mate, give me your number. I'll ring you tomorrow. And in the morning, right up. I said, mate, you've got to let me along them. I've got no money. Hey, I went. I got no money, mate. Like, I got to pay the cab driver. And then the next day, the next day, I had this old beat up old Fiat van. With all rust holes over it, the windscreen wipers never worked. And I rung her up, said, Babe, I said, do you want to go out again? She went, Yeah, I'd love to. What a fantastic night. You treat me like a brick old wish, yeah. I said, Well, listen, I said, I've got to pick up the motor. I pulled up this old spunky 20-year-old van with rust holes in it <laughs> and a bit of market stuck in the back. And I said, come and go and cinema. I had to go and chore to pick a mix. <laughs> <laughs> so she did. And again, bless her heart for that. So she loved you, you know blowing her skirt up metaphorically with all the kind of fancy stuff that night but when she saw you in the rust rust hold van she still knew you were the man for her yeah so meeting Sinead was one of your uh, namaste motherfucking moments obviously you wouldn't have Henry if you hadn't That's met it. her and what you that said you wanted a second and the second one was 
was when he was born. There was blood everywhere, screaming, doctors crying. It, up, and that was up, just like, you, wasn't it? I, I was sitting there with Percy Pig's <laughs> stomach. I don't know how I stomach them, but I ate him still. And I thought, what is going on here? Um, and he come out looking like a little alien, all purple and that little cone. I thought, what? Is, is he meant to look like that? <laughs> <laughs> so meeting Henry for the first time. Yeah. And it holding blinded. him. Uh, Did yeah, you hold him I, when he was all mucky, hadn't been cleaned yeah, up? Yeah, I, I had him and, and uh, it just looked at me and then I just thought, and it was, then the rest of it was a bit of a blur because I just remember like FaceTiming the whole world, going, look at this little baby's going like that, you know where he was, bless him, and just cuddling him and then, and I remember, because it was that night, I took him home and I got him, and I didn't even know how to put a car seat in the car, like, I'm sitting and I just sort of thought, I don't know who's sitting there, like, and then I, I, I went and got, got, um, got Sinead baby, Drove back to the house and Sinead went bang. She was so exhausted. Like it was like a two-day labour. So it was a long labour saying, yeah. Because you didn't know the Percy pigs. She needed well, afterwards I, to get her energy back. <laughs> well, she's going to kick. Now I've got this little bubble and I had a little Henry. And I just looked at him and I remember just like crying. I thought, I don't, I, like, I've got to look after him. Like, he's my responsibility now. And I do not know what to fucking do. And, um, and uh, you know, it, it comes as any new parent. It just, it just happens, doesn't it? Like, it just... You just learn on the spot, and and uh, I've only dropped him once or twice. What do you want Henry to be when he's your age? What would he you can like be, him to be whatever doing? he wants to be, or whatever it is, I'll back him hundred percent. So you don't mind how he turns out as long as he's still your boy. That's it, hundred percent. I'll have his back. And what is your favourite joke? I've got two for you, actually. Excellent. Well, You've got two of everything. Do you always? Oh. Is that because you always sell mattresses in twos? You're like, I'll oh, give you two for one, Kelly. Two for one. one. You've got one with a spare room, ain't you? Exactly. <laughs> right, so it's a bit of a true story, this one. And um, well, obviously we're from we're from Romford, um, and uh, we've moved a little bit now. We've got a little, we've moved out a little bit to the countryside now, but we're getting a bit posh now, a little bit middle class. We've gone to Brentwood, and we've got this lovely little cottage in the middle of nowhere. There's literally no houses around, but I picked it because it had nice stables. It's got a big field and a beautiful swing and little kids playground in the garden, like so Henry can grow up on it. Um, loads of land. Nothing around you. So on the first night, on the first night that me and Sinead stayed there, on the first night that me and Sinead stayed there, um, one, yeah, yeah, one sec, yeah, give me, give me a grand. There's a couple of these. Take a grand out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say, listeners, he just passed a 50p. He just said it was a grand. I've, I've got to pay some rent. <laughs> um, there's, more than, there's more than a grand there, Dom. Just came out of grand. Um, I'll fuck the joke. Yeah, so on the... On the first night, I fucked it. On the first night, so it's called Namaste, motherfuckers. You're allowed to say fuck on this podcast. On the very first night, so we're in the middle of nowhere, nothing about, and I don't know anyone, don't know the area. We're getting to an old cottage, just a little bit creepy, a little bit spooky, and we've gone to bed. Bang it, we exit the pillar, and then uh, also we've gone bang, 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 and knock at the door, and it's like half 11, 12 o'clock. So I've whacked my shorts on, run downstairs, and this geezer's standing. His motor's obviously stopped in the middle of the road. I can see it. And he goes, mate, do us a turn. Like, I live up the end of the road. Um, no one's about. Can you give me a push? So I've gone, oh, shut up, mate. Smash, slam the door, run upstairs. And, and Sinead's gone, who was that? I said, look, some idiot wants a push. Like, not the door. He's obviously broken down or saying. I said, oh, Tom, we've just moved here. Come on, don't upset the neighbours. Like, go down and give them an hand. It's gone, all right. So I put my tracksuit on, put beauty on, put me out on, run downstairs, open the door. His motor's in the road, but he ain't nowhere. He's not, he, I've looked left, looked right, looked around the stables. He ain't anywhere to be seen. 
Uh, so I thought, where is he? Like that. So I've looked round to the swing, and there he is sitting on it, waving, going, "Give a push." <laughs> you see, Jimmy Carr, eat your heart out when you got gold like you that. Got a lot of tickets. Have you just got the money back again? No, they've given you. They've given but... you some change. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. That's more, you know, as, as comedians, we get paid in like beer vouchers. We've never seen that much. I want to be a comedian. Lives. Beer vouchers, I'll get on that. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Carr's got more than the rest of us for tax reasons, <laughs> but some of us like, dream of money. Like I've just seen you put in your jacket. So um, you said you had a, what's your second one? You want to have two jokes. Right. So this one's about me dad. Right. I hear someone in the office laughing. They've heard this one before. So my dad and his two mates are getting a bit old now, a bit forgetful, like, so they've thought, three of them, I tell you what, they're all getting old and knackered and we, we can't remember things as much as what we used to. Let's all move in together to so help each other out. So my dad's mate, Billy, is at the top, upstairs in the bathroom, running the bath. And he goes to his mate, Kevin, he goes, Kevin, I've just run this bath, mate, but I can't remember if I was getting in it or getting out of it. Kevin goes, oh, you silly old sod. You was getting in the bath, you nutter. And Kevin's halfway up the stairs, isn't he? And he goes to my dad, oh, Lee, was I going up the stairs or down the stairs? My dad, Lee, went, what an hell. He's going up the stairs, up the stairs mate. You're going up the stairs. <laughs> oh, then my dad goes, oh, don't in touch with a dungeon like that, lot. Who was that at the door? <laughs> <laughs> I've got loads of jokes. If you if you had half around a pub with me, right, you'd have you'd have some blinding jokes. I'm telling you. Yeah, the blinding jokes and seventeen fucking mattresses. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could give one bit of life advice to anyone listening, what would it be? Never give up. Yeah. Never hurry. Always take your time. Yeah. And always believe in yourself because like it doesn't matter how hard things get, how on top it gets. Yeah. You can get through it because you have done in the past. And you got to think of all the people that that are there if you have to support you. Like, they're proud of you, so you just got to keep pushing forward. It don't matter how big the steps are that you take, as long as you're in the right direction. Excellent. And that is where we're going to end the podcast, um, as in the recorded bit of the podcast. Thank you so much, Thomas. Um, I will also say my daughter was like, she's 21. She was a massive fan of yours on The Apprentice. Oh, and she's, but she's just flying in from Madrid today, and she was a bit gutted. She wasn't going to be here when we did the oh, recording. Have so, yeah, flight. she... Yeah, I will do. And um, really nice to meet This is coming out on Monday. So I'll do loads of them. We'll put all the in the show links. Yeah, we'll um, stick and stuff. We'll on Instagram all... and Twitter and everywhere. We'll put them all up. We'll tweet, swat, do whatever you want with it. We'll put links to the beds. We'll have everybody buying you. Not that you need my help to sell your mattresses. Superb. But I might get in touch with you about a mattress. I realise that my mattress is about 10 years old. I'm sure you well, have some Well, you should change them every that. eight years. And if you see the amount I of bed bugs and, 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 might and, all, and dust mites that are in your thing, you'd, have a, you'd, you'd shit your pants. I know that pillows have loads of dust mites. Oh, mate, in them, you should but... change your pillows like every six months to a year, but bed stuff, it's like it's actually bad for you for asthmat, for breathing reasons, because the dust build up inside them. So you should change they should change that. I'm not just saying it. So I'll, I'll sort you out one, but 10 years. Really? So I should change stuff. it? Because I had COVID and I got I ended up getting pneumonia. That was probably just the dust mites getting in my yeah. lungs. Probably wasn't even COVID. Well, it wasn't helping. <laughs> kind of no. Helping. You're curing COVID. We need to put that on the website. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I will uh, give that some thought, getting the new mattress, but we'll put links to all of your stuff um, in the show notes. And thanks so much much. for making the time to do it. And um, good luck replacing Den. I hope you can find someone else who's good. Oh, listen, anyone watching this podcast, if you want a job, Den's being fired after this. So 
If you want a sales role, get yourself down here, Bosh Bates. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck, Dan, with your new career and uh, a nice meeting you. All right. Take See care. Lots of love. Thanks, Ali. All right. Bye. bye. That was Thomas Skinner. Now, every episode, as you know, I pick a thing inspired by my guest that I am going to try. And this week, the first thing is obviously to buy some new pillows and then to save up for a Bosch mattress. But the second is to sort out my sleep hygiene. And I'm sure you know that by that I don't mean washing my bed sheets, but things like, you know, no screen time before bed, drinking herbal tea, having a bath, getting into a routine of bedtime and waking up, all the stuff we know we should do and almost none of us do. Um, Although I do like me eight hours a night, I do quite like my sleep, but that's another story. Anyway, there is a link to the Sleep Foundation in the show notes. And that is it for this week. Thank you, as always, for supporting the podcast. Remember to take the time to rate, review and recommend it. You can do all that if you like, lying down on a Bosch mattress or any mattress of your choice. We'll be back in your feed next Monday, as always, when I will be talking to dog whisperer, nutritionist and broadcaster Anna Webb dogs were kind of always around and I would always gravitate when we went to visit family to the dogs. I felt more comfortable around dogs than people. Namaste Motherfuckers was written and presented by me, Callie Beaton, and produced by Mike Hansen and Karusha Dami for Pod People Productions with music by Jake Yap. I'm Callie Beaton. Until next time, motherfuckers. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.